Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Evelyn Hahn. Evelyn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Derek. My pleasure. All right. Well, I'm excited about our conversation. I'm excited to learn from you. I want all of the podcast listeners to know about your background. Evelyn Hahn is a compassionate immigration attorney and a managing partner at David Herson Partners LLP, which is a full service immigration law firm headquartered in Costa Mesa, California, with branch offices in Seattle, Washington, and New York City, managing around 20 staff internally and assisting both corporate and individual clients from over 30 countries around the world. Her passion in immigration law deeply ingrained in her because she was one of them and personally underwent the same immigration process herself. Having a full understanding of how difficult, challenging, and complex the entire immigration process can be based on her personal experience, her goal is to help each of her clients achieve their immigration goals in the U.S. The firm's website is www.herson.com, and that's H-I-R-S-O-N. Her email is Evelyn H at herson.com. That's E-V-E-L-E-Y-N-H at herson.com. Her Instagram is attorney underscore Evelyn H, and her profile is also available on LinkedIn. Evelyn, what inspired you to become an attorney? So I probably need about a full day to talk about um, my <laughs> long journey <laughs> that led me to become an attorney. Mm. So long story short, I came here when I was in high school as my father, who was an executive of a big company in South Korea, was transferred over to the U.S. Um, uh, to, to work as an executive. However, soon after he, we arrived in the U.S., um, there was like a really big recession, economic recession. So South Korea itself was hit very hard uh, with the very serious economic downturn recession. Mm -hmm. So my father's company's US office was forced to close. So suddenly my father lost his job, wow. right? So while my family was struggling to make, make a living, um, I got into a huge car accident. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I was also falsely accused of causing the car accident by dozing off behind the wheel, which was not true. I never wow. made that statement, but that was what it appeared to be on the police report. So I, as an eldest daughter with two younger siblings and my parents couldn't speak the language well. So I was basically taking care of my family and trying to adjust myself to this new culture, new environment and language as well, and dealing with um, litigation process by myself at the age of 19. Mm. And it took about a few years to get through the process. So mm. that's when I realized, okay, I need to know the law to protect mm. me, myself and my family. Not only that, but to help others who are in the similar situations that I had been in. Um, so mm. that's how I ultimately decided to become an attorney. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, one, um, I love that you said that it'll take a full day to answer the question in, in its entirety. Um, that's probably why I'll have to have you back for a second episode and we'll talk more about it. Um, but, but two, um, it is so disheartening, right? To hear about 
the what happened with your family, what happened with your accident, the fabricated reports that were again, that you, as you mentioned, were simply false. And to mm -hmm. see how, um, I guess the, even the ugly side of the law can yeah. can impact um, a a person, a family, if they don't have the right representation and. As, as horrific as those details were, whether it's your dad losing his job, your parents being here, struggling to get by, you being in the accident, being falsely accused, going through litigation as a 19-year-old for years, um, it's, it's such a powerful detail to hear that you've harnessed that experience to give you the motivation and inspiration to move forward. I, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, so uh, what I like about my past experience at the time, I really struggled and I kept asking, why is this happening to me? Because mm -hmm. I was a good girl, you know, who was studying really hard, always listening to the parents. And I was just a normal girl, right? Yeah. And I was just wondering, why is this happening to me, right? Mm -hmm. What did I do wrong? Wow. But um, looking back now that I think about it, um, I now realize that without that incident, without the struggles and pain, I would never be able to even, you know, think of becoming an attorney. Because as a 1.5 immigrant, you know, 1.5 genera generation as an immigrant fam from the immigrant family, you don't really think about going to law school, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because, you know, as because English is my not, not my first language, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes immigrant, you know, people, they don't really think about going to law school, wow. but that actually, inspire me and uh you know motivated me to take challenge and yes. go to law school and overcome all the obstacles and now i i feel like i am much stronger person than i was before mm. after going through that years of painful experience yes. so i don't regret it i actually mm. am very thankful that i had the opportunity to overcome that challenges mm -hmm. yes I, I love your, your story and your attitude about it. I think, and I think it's a great mindset for all of the podcast listeners to grab, grab onto. And of course, your, your, the beauty of your story is that, you're, you know, that, that mountain that you, had, that you had to climb is behind you. We, yeah. could, see, we could see the finished product, or at least the product who's overcome these incredible challenges yeah. to get to where you are today. Of course, some people are in their challenge right now, they're, they're climbing their mountain. And I want to take a moment to speak to them for, for a second. Podcast listeners, if you're climbing that mountain right now, I want you to take some encouragement from Evelyn's story. And she's on the other side. She can, she can speak about that tragedy and the, the, the trauma. She can speak about it with gratitude. And I want to encourage you. That's where you will be one day. If you, if you yes. continue to have the right mindset, you continue to aim for success and move forward, not getting stuck in the tragedy, but continue to move forward, then you're going to have a great story too. And I want to give you that encouragement. And, but Evelyn, I think it's such a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Yes. Now, um, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? So although the reason why I ended up being an attorney was because of the car accident, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I ultimately chose, pra chose to practice immigration law, uh, specialized, especially specializing business and investment immigration, because I myself was an immigrant, first of all, mm -hmm. right? So I felt that I would be able to truly understand my client's situation 
as I, as I once had been in the same situation and undergone that complex immigration process myself. And second of all, I also decided to focus specifically on business and investment immigration because mm. when I was little, I always wanted to do something related to business, mm -hmm. right? But because of that life-changing experience and incident, I changed my mind and decided to switch gears and focus on law as my mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. So practicing as an immigration attorney, focusing on business and investment immigration was a perfect way for me to combine the two mm -hmm. in one and still, um, you know, living my dream. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, my childhood dream. Yes, yes. <laughs> While practicing law. So you know, that's, mm, yeah. The detail I love about that, then I think sometimes um, people, and well, one, I love to see both, both visions coming together, like, right, the intersection of your business dreams from, from childhood, your hustle and your focus, even um, that came from, you know, your early adulthood, you know, you're talking about the 19 year old when you're, when you're talking about that vision for law and combining those two. I've heard so many, so many attorneys that, that speak with gratitude about their profession. They're, they're grateful for the flexibility in being able to pivot into different areas of law to really explore whatever they want to explore and to right. um, choose whatever they want to choose in the area of law um, because it's such a diverse um, industry. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, yep. and, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hearing that from you and I, and I, get, I get totally understand how that is something that makes it um, fulfilling for you. You're, you're, you're able to again, be in law, but also um, be focused on business as well. Yeah, that flexibility also is great because, um, you know, it is really difficult to find the right field of law um, mm -hmm. unless you actually experience it and practice that law in that actual legal field right mm -hmm. but um as being being an attorney it's great because we are always able to you know um, explore other options in yes. case one practice of law doesn't is not the right fit so yes definitely the flexibility is also something that i really like about practicing law as an attorney mm, yes yes now i have i, I, I want to circle back on a detail you mentioned earlier um how did your family i know you mentioned that sometimes as immigrants, um, the, the thought isn't to go to law school, especially with some of the barriers. Um, how did your parents respond to um, you pursuing a law degree, to you, you know, you graduate and you passing the bar? How did they respond to pr pretty much all of all of the success that we see now? Yeah, so um, my parents are very interesting. So my mom is all about, oh, you're great. I'm so proud of you. You know, I can't, I can't believe you made it happen. And I'm mm. so proud. Mm. Versus my father was, law school is not the right place to go. You know, it is not for the future. You should focus on IT. You know, almost mm. like, like for, for those folks who are engaging in, you know, um, all this high tech industry, because he was, he had this passion of, you know, uh, something that is very futuristic and, yes. you know, you see what I mean? So uh, he, he was telling me that don't practice law, you know, you're going to mm. struggle. But I, I know that in, in reality, he was really worried about me. You know, mm. he already knew that I was going through a lot and I was very stressed and going to law school on top of everything. He already knew that I, I will push myself too hard 
-hmm. and um, even further depressed and very stressed, right? Mm -hmm. So he already knew that um, that I was gonna, um, you know, be in a very difficult situation. So that's why he was just staying. But mm -hmm. um, in the end, my father is just so proud of me, and mm -hmm. uh, he tells, you know, about me to his friends, and yes, <laughs> yes. he posts about me. Yeah, so he's really proud of me, and mm. yeah, we're all happy. Oh, good. You know, uh, I'm I'm just glad to hear about that. I know there's, as you mentioned, be in the transition from, you know, from coming to the U.S. and so much um, of the trauma that was experienced early on, even what you mentioned mm -hmm. with his, his company and to see his daughter really, um, you know, choosing her own path, even as you mentioned, even, even, even it was a path that he didn't fully recommend in the beginning, but to see in the beginning, he, yeah, he did it <laughs> right. But to hear, to hear about his excitement, to hear about his the pride he has for you as his daughter. Those are always special mm -hmm. details. And I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah. Right. Now, um, what has been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you've overcome? Mm -hmm. So when I was, um, you know, exploring multiple different options after law school, I mean, I was a paralegal at immigration law firm. So I already knew how to practice, you know, basic immigration transactional law. Mm -hmm. So after I became an attorney, I really wanted to try different things. So I worked at uh, different litigation firms. Of course, I continued to practice somewhat immigration, but I also briefly uh, worked at a, a civil litigation firm. And I just couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my career. As I was not, I was really not happy and um, satisfied with my daily practice of law and didn't have that fulfill feelings of fulfillment. Yes. You know? um, however, I was not really afraid of facing the challenges. And I try to carefully listen to my passion mm. and ask myself, hey, Evelyn, what do you really want to do? Mm. What makes your heart sink, right? Ooh, what are you yes. really passionate about? Instead of, oh, how come, you know, I can't, I, I don't want to uh, work at a civil litigation firm. How come I struggle? Instead of focusing on my goodness, I um, try to focus on what I really want to do and what I'm really good at. Yes. So I quickly switch gears after carefully listening to my passion and try to focus on my, try to focus on my passion. Mm -hmm. I quickly switch gears and um, try to explore other options. Uh, available that are available out there and mm. constantly searching for the right practice for yes. me so um you know some people do not have the courage to get out of their right. comfort zone right. um or you know that stable job right and mm. be afraid of facing different realities because at the end of the day it can be better but it can be worse too right yeah and people always are afraid of facing that you know worse situation Mm -hmm. So I feel very proud of myself that I have overcome that moment of challenges by yes. trying different things and um, finally find the right, it's almost like finding the right size clothes that that is a perfect fit, you know, uh, for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but without exploring and trying other practice of law, I wouldn't have known whether civil litigation is the right fit for me, you know what I mean? Whether, yes. um, you know, immigration practice is the right fit. So um, I'm glad that I tried and uh, realized that it's not the right practice for me and, and, you know, not being afraid of overcome that challenge by mm -hmm. getting myself out of that. Yes, yes. 
I, I, I mean, I, you are speaking my language, my friend. I, I, I love you <laughs> talked about listening to your passion, exploring what makes your heart sing. Um, I think you, you captured courage, the courage to, um, after you have the awareness to figure out you were not in a position that your heart, you realize your heart was not singing. This is not where my passion is. You're, you're, you're so right that we could choose. There's like that fork in the road moment. We could stay there because of comfort and complacency, yes. or we can choose mm -hmm. courage and explore something else. And to hear you talk about that pivot, I think it's, 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 it's so precious as a principle. And again, to, to speak to the listeners for a moment, um, if you are in a position right now, sometimes we can feel stuck in life, stuck with comfortability. I, 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 I was there. I could say I was there um, five years in a position um, in the corporate world where I, was, I, I felt like I was making too much money to when I walk away. Not, not it wasn't a lot of money. It, it, it was in my small world. It was again it, in my small world, and I'll say the figure because. Uh, again, it was an old, it was an old figure, but in, in, in my small world, um, a $57,000 salary plus benefits or whatever, it was too big to walk away from mm -hmm. comfortably. Like I, I, I didn't want to walk away from that. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, to what Evelyn's talking about to face the unknown. So for me in, in, in my own journey, I stayed there for five years until the circumstances forced me to move forward and in an Evelyn's story, I love that she's talking about it. And um, what really helped you, Evelyn, to have the courage to choose to pivot and try something else? Because again, like for me, again for me, it was a five-year process, and I oh, didn't. Yes. And for me, it wasn't even me choosing. I think it was it was external circumstances almost forced my hand. What really helped you to have the courage to to explore something else? Yeah, so because um, if you think about it, a lot of people are just too caught up with their very, very busy and hectic daily lives. Mm -hmm. They don't even have time to focus on their voice inside, inside mm -hmm. of them, right? Yes. What they really want to do, what they yes. really like doing, and what they, what makes them feel very good about what they do on a daily basis. And yes. we spend almost, you know, five days a week at our workplace, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost our life. <laughs> Mm -hmm. This is everything, if you think about it. And we only spend dinner time and weekend with our families and friends. And you literally spend most of your time of your life at your workplace. Yes. And if you don't feel happy, and if you, feel, if you don't have that feelings of fulfillment mm -hmm. and satisfaction, you don't want to drag on and you know uh, be stuck with that situation. Right. But I also really want to remind podcast listeners that your podcast listeners that you have the key, right? Mm. You you should take control of your life. Never let any of the situation other people take control of you. Mm. You should take the key and control yourself and your life. And if you feel like you know you're stuck and in pain and depressed or mm. not feeling well, or simply not don't feel any compassionate or you know in the, nothing makes you makes your heart sink, mm. then maybe that's the sign um, to think very carefully and and you know, sit and maybe meditate and listen yeah. to your voice inside of you mm. and ask yourself, is this really something that I want to do for 
rest of my life or at least for a few years, even for a few years, then mm. even for a few years might be a waste of time. Wow. So that's what I try to think and um, eventually had the courage to get myself out of mm. that situation. Yes. Did y'all yeah. hear that podcast listener? She just said, you have the key that, yes. um, and, and I know sometimes we, we could feel like we're stuck. There there's, seems to always be options no matter where we're at. Um, but I, I love the concept and I, I really want to highlight what you said, what, what Evelyn said about taking the time to think about what you want. That's such a pivotal thing because in, to Evelyn's point, our lives can get so hectic with work and then we can finish work and then go home and kind of distract ourselves with, it could be anything, it could be a, a hobby or TV or whatever, but then never pausing to ask what you want from life. And the words that Evelyn mentioned a couple of times is the word fulfillment. Mm -hmm. What would be fulfilling, which isn't always money, but what I've noticed is people who choose paths that are more fulfilling for them, the money often will find them. And yes. so, I, so I, I love the concept of, of exploring fulfillment. You know, I can, I, I, I think personally, I can be grateful in any job, but I, I, I won't necessarily be fulfilled in any job. Mm -hmm. Gratitude for me is mm -hmm. a choice. Fulfillment is about fit. And, I, and even back to the, 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 the visual she gave us earlier, fit is, a, is like the clothing, finding the right clothing that's been tailor-made just for you. Um, I love, love, love the concepts. Yeah, because that's your identity, right? But people often don't even realize that they're living their life without identifying themselves, um, mm -hmm. you know, try to figure out what makes them them you know, yes. their identity. Yeah. Uh, if you don't even know what you really want and what makes, you know, you and your life um, filled with satisfaction, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really unfortunate um, yes. life to live, right? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they don't even realize that. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a really good reminder. Even for me, I constantly have to remind myself, is this action, course of action that I'm about to take uh, will make my heart sink, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I always ask me that question before I have to make a big decision. Oh, that's a great, that's a great one. I'm, that, that's going in my book, my friend. And I'll quote you as oh. well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I love that as a uh, filter to use for decisions that we have in our lives. And I think that's, again, that, that's a great thing to ask the question, does this course of action make my heart sing and i think you know again that that awareness and and, and it, it does podcast it takes it takes a still moment often when i'm moving and i'm taking action i i, I can't hear it mm -hmm. but when i pause and we, we will call it a purposeful pause and by the way this is these are all yes, great motivational pause. principles yeah, evelyn clearly has the motivational speaking gift as well as <laughs> attorney everything. but now she is um, she is speaking my language of um, having this purposeful pause to listen to what you want and I, she, she even described it's unfortunate when people stay wasting their potential and, mm -hmm. and yes I, and wasting I, their potential yes and, and i love how you said too um 
to know yourself. And what I, what I learned in, to this space, nobody's ever asked me to sing at their wedding, right? Like they just have it. So what does that tell me? Well, Derek, don't pursue being a singer. Clearly, nobody asked you to do that for a reason. But they have asked me to officiate their weddings. Now, what does that mean? That means that I just might have discovered, and, and that's what I've done. But basically what Evelyn's talking about is, is, is speaks to me in my journey because you have to pause and realize what's unique about you. When, yes. when you're in the moment, you feel like, oh, you're normal. Let me just remind everybody, you're not normal. You're created with a distinct purpose, with, with distinct gifts, with distinct- And talent, yes. Talent, personalities, all of those things yes. make you a unique person. And I just realized, oh, this is really unique to be asked to speak yes. at a wedding. Again, not to sing at a wedding, but to speak at it, to know myself well enough to, to, to focus in on, on that. I, I, Evelyn, I love the concept. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just to add, I'll chime in and add my last point to this mm -hmm. topic. Um, oftentimes, people are also confused and try to follow some someone's path or try to copy someone and define their success or their, um, you know, what they want, like their passion, yes. uh, modeling after someone else's, right? So mm -hmm. saying, oh, you know, maybe it's money, it's maybe it's their fame, you know, maybe it's their reputation, maybe it's their house, fancy car. But, you know, I think it is still okay to, to, to define money as a final success, as long as it is what you really, really feel happy, mm -hmm. makes you feel happy. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? But yes. I think I think there's a big difference between just blindly following someone else's path or you know trying to copy someone to define your own success mm. uh, versus taking a pause and carefully thinking about what you really want in yes. life and who you are and then focus on your passion. There's a mm. two. It's really distinct yes. concept. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and then once you define that, it is okay. It is your passion, right? Mm -hmm. It makes you yourself very unique. So it is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever other people say about your passion, it's fine because that's what makes you feel happy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You gave me two visuals, you know, and to these two visuals are there's imitation powerful and there's imitation pitiful. Right. And the, yes. it, imitation pitiful is when you're copying somebody, um, but you can tell it's a cheap imitation. It's not the real thing. Right. It's not the real Kool-Aid. It's not the real um, it's not the actual brand. It's a counterfeit. Now, and it's not a, you. Right. It's not. Right. And, and, and people people sense inauthenticity. They just like they sense authenticity. They could hear it. They could feel it. They can smell it like it's it's authenticity so clear but it's also clear when it's counterfeit, when it's not the real deal. So when I talk about right. I, I, the, the content I'm getting from you is imitation powerful is there are things and principles you can imitate from successful people. Don't, oh, of course. right, not, not, and, and not confusing the two. There's, there's one thing that Evelyn's talking about. There's a wrong way to imitate people where it doesn't right. help you. And there is a right way to imitate people where it will yes. help you. So I, I love the concept you just shared there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's go on to our next question. Um, All right. 
we might have to do another whole podcast just on that one and come back to it. <laughs> I know. It was a really interesting topic. I, I really enjoyed talking yes. about the concept. But, yes, yes. Yeah. Now, what's a common challenge you've noticed other attorneys face? And what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? Uh, this is just a very nice segue um, into a very similar topic, very closely related to our previous discussion. Mm. But um, in law, attorneys, unlike doctors who go through residency period and have plenty of opportunities to get training and then, you know, figure out what they really want to focus on. Mm -hmm. Attorneys, we often do not get that training period in, during the three years of law school, right? Mm. Unless you're um, super extrovert with exceptional multitasking skills and be able to, you know, work at different law firms during law school while managing to keep up with class and bar exam, mm. it is really um, not. It is very difficult for you know normal law school law school students to be able to explore multiple different other options while they are in school. Mm -hmm. So once we graduate from law school, we're on our own. We're on our own, and we have to figure out figure that out. But I, I think the biggest challenge, common challenge that all of these other attorneys face is um, that they just don't, they just simply don't know what they, what kind of law they want to practice, right? right? Oftentimes, even the attorneys, they oftentimes say they went to law school because they majored in poli-sci, mm -hmm. <laughs> political science. Mm -hmm. So they don't even know why, you know, they went to law school because that was the only graduate school option that they had. So mm -hmm. that's how they feel like. And then once they graduate from law school, they're totally lost, right? That's what mm -hmm. that's a, that's common com, com, comments and feedback that I get uh, from new law students. Mm -hmm. And I often try to tell them that the greatest solution to that challenge is just constantly trying new things yes. until you find the right one. There's no other way. And like I like like we mentioned and discussed before, um, you know. They just, we just shouldn't be afraid of um, realizing that and then moving on to the next chapter. You know, mm -hmm. oftentimes they just get stuck, right? But if that's not, that's not the right practice, then, uh, you know, they shouldn't be afraid of moving on. Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't want to jump from company A to company B right, constantly. Right. Your resume is not going to look good. But mm -hmm. when you really completely, totally know that this is not the right practice, you don't want to be stuck and... You know, continue practicing that law that doesn't makes another again makes your heart sink. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Now I'm I'm curious your perspective on this. Um, you mentioned those two concepts, and I can see how there's a tension between them, which is when they when people face when attorneys face this dilemma of how long should I stick it out, and then when is best to pivot in a way that maybe doesn't damage my my portfolio my resume but that mm. gives me a long enough experience what what is your what is your perspective about that like i don't know if you have a time frame or you have a different thought on on how to manage that dilemma i would say it's really hard to say because everyone is different but i would say two to three years mm -hmm. is the maximum if you really feel like after two to three years that this is not the right place that you want to be then maybe that's the time that you need to move on and try mm. different things. Yes. Ah, that's great yeah. insight. That's great insight. And, and, and I, lo I love how it's all, it's all connected for you um, with the, uh, the introspection, figuring out what, you, what, what makes your heart sing, what are you passionate about, exploring it. And I think, again, a lot of um, attorneys can relate to that situation of 
exploring, right? I think of like the three words that start with EX, right? Explore, experiments, experience, and having the courage to do that, like Evelyn's talking about. I think it's such, it's such a great thing, but, and while simultaneously not destroying your resume and, and your yes. portfolio, right? And, um, yes. and I think uh, th those concepts, um, again, it's great, it's great for our listeners to hear about. Yes. Now, um, Evelyn, what, what have you noticed has, has worked best with the, the law firm you're in now or, or, or where you've been before? What has been the best way for the law firm to attract new clients? So first, of course, word of mouth. Everybody knows this. Word of mouth based on your reputation and good work, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best way to get new business, um, uh, to attract new clients. And second, when you get a chance, to appear in front of audience, like during a seminar, webinar, um, conference, on a panel, as a guest panelist or speaker. Um, attorneys often think of educating the audience, right? They're, they just have this natural instinct to uh, just spit out everything that they know um, to mm -hmm. almost to show off, you know, the depth of their knowledge maybe, mm -hmm. or they just have this, have this um, pressure to to sound like they know what they're doing, right? Mm. And then that sort of make them uh, look like a very, very boring speaker who, who at the end of the day is not even able to get the message across. Ooh. So whenever attorneys attend art, like seminars and webinars, they shouldn't try to educate the audience because audience come to you, right? Attorneys and pay for the legal fee to, to make them do the work for them, right? They don't, they're not too interested in how like technicalities of how to mm. lay but they're more interested in why you right um so when they want to know why should they hire you as an attorney then i think the best way based on my experience um for the past uh, 10 plus years of experience when i focused on giving examples of how i managed to resolve the complex issue that can mm -hmm. commonly be raised in other new client situation um, by giving a really simple example and how I tackle those issues. That was the best way um, to get my message across and attract people's audience attention immediately mm -hmm. and instantly. Then, because then, then next question would be, oh, can you then help me with my issue? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> so instead of going over all this legal verbatim and all this technical mm. language and terms and you know all these um, explanations and some some people even put all the regulations on their PPT. No, 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 no. That's a big no, no. Um, make it simple. And I think it's really important to just focus on storytelling Ooh. and and make sure to um, to to own the room, right? By mm. by you know uh, giving them information that they want to hear. Ooh, yes. She, uh, Evelyn is dropping some incredible insight for us right here. I love these concepts. By the way, you have earned your spot. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've never done this before on a podcast, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to officially invite you to be a speaker on the webinar that I do once a month. And we'll, oh. we'll talk, we'll talk more about it, but I think you get it. I think you get the concepts, um, that captivate a room. That captivate an audience and mm -hmm. and and i love the the, the ideas I, I love also what you said the, the warnings against warnings against 
over information. Warning again, yes. that, that bores the room. Um, give people examples to think about. Give people mm -hmm. a story to join. And then, yeah. um, and, and I love how you even made it really practical because you said, you said, think about it. As an attorney, for the most part, people are paying you to know it and think for them. They don't, some people yeah. don't even want to know. They just want you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's some exceptions to that. I think about like, you know, maybe a st state planning might be a little bit different um, mm -hmm. where you're explaining more concepts, but, but for the most part, I, I love how you're saying it. And I could see how it's an obstacle in communication because if you have insight, you want to share it. But mm -hmm. I love this, what you brought up. You said, what do the people want to hear? Because mm -hmm. you, you might, some people could get, podcast listeners, people can get, you can get so caught up in wanting to say something. But if the people don't want to hear it, it really yes. doesn't matter um, how great, how powerful, how smart, how intelligent you sound if that soil isn't ready. And what I know about people that Evelyn, okay. that Evelyn said is stories prepare the soil for the little bit of information you can give to them. But I, I, I love the concept. I love it. Yes, yes. Because, you know, without knowing your audience, there's no way you can get their attention. So mm -hmm. always know your audience, what type of audience they are. You know, are they students? Are they business owners? Are they, um, you know, families? It really depends on the type of audience too. And yeah. then ask yourself what they really want to hear from me. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, why do why will they hire me right so mm. there must be something very unique and different about you yes. and i think if attorneys focus and try to highlight that part that element mm. um, of their practice then um you know especially during the seminar and webinar for sure 100 percent guarantee that they're gonna own the room mm. yes 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 um, and, and by the way, podcast listeners, what Evelyn's talking about, this works, yes, with webinars, yes, it works with speeches, um, and it also works with the content we create on across socials. It, oh, yes. Um, these principles she's sharing, it is universal, and we see it mm -hmm. played out over and over again, but if you give stories... So again, stories sell, You've, we've heard you can make the rhymes out of the so, st stories sell information tells and if you want to sell use use the story so um great yes. great points love the concepts um we are running out of time but but i, I want to yes two <laughs> questions in um before, yeah. before we wrap up i, I do want to ask um what has helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney uh, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I still do struggle to establish work-life balance, but mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I just began to try um, to focus on just little things that really makes me feel happy and just pleasant little things, uh, whether that's, that's yoga, meditation. I love fashion and interior design. So I just um, try to do small things here and there mm -hmm. that just makes me feel very good and excited, right? So um, I think it's really important to find something small. It doesn't have to be a big project, gigantic project, mm -hmm. um, just small little things. But the key is you have to do it consistent on a consistent basis, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, so that you constantly relieve your stress, right? Without yes. having to, um, you know, be burned out. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. 
think those are really practical insights and I appreciate your authenticity and, and, and for the, for the, the listeners who don't know about the podcast experience, what, what I do is I'll ask people, I'll ask attorneys, which questions do you want me to throw out? And the, the most often question that's, that's considered to be thrown out of the interview is the question about work life <laughs> balance. And, and, yes. but, but, and the reason for that is a lot of attorneys simply feel like to, that, you know, Evelyn teased about it, that attorneys simply don't have it. So you know, Derek, <laughs> why would you ask us about something we clearly don't have? Um, we don't have it. <laughs> and, and, uh, but to, to your point though, um, it, it's such a relatable concept, Evelyn, mm-hmm. to attorneys who wrestle with that. And, you know, what is, the balance look like? How much can I, uh, uh, what what does the ideal state look like? Um, And I appreciate your authenticity about it um, being Mm -hmm. a a struggle, because again, I know it's a a struggle across, not just with attorneys, but also business owners who often are wearing multiple hats. I I Mm -hmm. joke that I'm the CEO, but I'm also the janitor. You know, I'm, I'm the president, but I'm also the landscaper. So, um, (laughs) but I, I, I think business owners relate to that. Attorneys relate to, to that, but finding small joys, you mentioned interior design, you mentioned, um, fashion, finding small joys and participating in those small joys in a consistent manner. I think that's a fabulous insight. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, my friend, I have one question for you and you absolutely have the invitation to come back for a part two. We'll we'll, we'll figure out when, (laughs) where, and how how that will be. But let me ask you one last question. What are are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Oh, one of my best friends, uh, she has a main job, um, main office job as an HR manager, but she has this unique skill um, of creating video clips. She's just Mm -hmm. so talented in producing them, create a storyline, you know, um, film them and then turn it into a video clip. Like she insert captions and little emojis and stuff and then sound effects. And then she makes those um, clips as a birthday gift, you know, farewell gift and a welcome back gift for, for our friends. Mm. And it's just so um, amazing way to capture the moments, the memorable moments. Yes. So I, I wish I had that quality, but that's, that that would be um, the the favorite quality of my favorite best friend. <laughs> mm, yes, yeah. and and I want to I want to speak to your best friend for a moment. I want to say, best friend, clearly, your touch from that digital creation perspective has made yes. a positive difference in Evelyn's life um, because she thinks about you when I ask about the favorite quality of our favorite person. So I just want to tell you, best friend, if you're listening to this part of the interview, I want to make sure make sure you hear me say outstanding job. Well done. I love hearing Evelyn talk about you and that unique gift that you have. Oh, thank you for doing that. I, I'm sure my friend will really love to hear that and, and see this video. Yes, yes. Well, Evelyn, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me on today's uh, on the podcast today. It was my absolute pleasure. And actually, I really learned a lot from you too. And I just really thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Perfect. Well, again, uh, podcast listeners, we'll do a part two. We'll let you know when that, when that is. Um, this is a, a fantastic conversation. Um, to our podcast listeners, I want to remind you, this episode is sponsored by Strong Life Scholars, whose mission is empowering Latinas with law student scholarships, undergraduate scholarships, community impact guidance, professional mentorships, and professional skills training. 
Thank you once again, precious listeners, for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcast app and give us a five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.